I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Christina Geist, author of Buddy's New Buddy. Establishing a connection with a peer has always been an integral and complicated part of a child's life, and navigating a new situation can be daunting. As children around the world or around the globe spent their formative years isolated from one another during the pandemic, their need to connect grew while their ability to know how to do so waned. The same can be said for adults. Using her words, Christina Geist reminds us all how to reconnect and the joy that comes from forming a bond with someone new. This is the third book in Geist and Bauer's New York Times best-selling Growing with Buddy series, heartwarming and humorous books that explore evergreen social emotional themes like back-to-school anxiety and navigating bedtime. They're all delightful read-alouds and great additions to the back-to-school canon. She's been married to her high school sweetheart, Sunday Today and Morning Joe host, Willie Geist, for 19 years. Welcome to the show, Christina. Nice to have you on. So I guess the first question is, this is the third book in the series. Uh, why write this book? Why write the third book, I guess? And and why now? Yes, it's the third picture book, which to me, still I'm pinching myself because I feel like I've had <laughs> stories dancing around in my mind since I was very young. Um, and when I was home with my children and taking a break from corporate life, I had always been a writer in really in a marketing capacity. Um, and took a few years off when my kids were three and one. And so all of a sudden the writing that I had been funneling into my job, um, kind of had nowhere to go. And so all of these stories that were now dancing around in my mind, inspired by my own children and all the others that I was observing just on a day-to-day basis, moving around New York city from playground to playground to preschool, et cetera. Um, I just really felt inspired by these two characters that started to form in my mind named Lady and Buddy, who are our brother and sister. Um, And so I committed myself to writing these stories down many years ago, believe it or not, the first two books um, in the series I wrote about 10 years ago when my kids were three and five and I was actually dropping them off at the same school building every day for at least a few hours of time till the three-year-old was finished. And I said, this is how I'm going to use my time this fall, about 10 years ago. And I wrote a whole series of manuscripts about this brother and sister and about different moments in their lives and different moments in their development. Um, And so the first book that I was able to publish a few years later was um, Buddy's Bedtime Battery, which is a bedtime story and all about powering yourself down for bed. Uh, based on uh, the progressive muscle relaxation technique, believe it or not, that I learned in a high school health class. And I had never forgotten. And all of a sudden, on one of those desperate nights with two toddlers kind of roaming around a New York City apartment, I started to just beep and turn off their body parts for bedtime. And so that was kind of the impetus for that story. And then Sorry Grownups, You You Can't Go to School Um, It was a few years later, and that was um, really inspired by my experiences kind of sending my children off into the world, into whether it be little toddler summer camp or preschool or even kindergarten, um, these moments of separation that seemed to be dominated by books in my own library where characters were really sad, shy, or scared. I call them the three S's. And I had a lot of those books, but they were making us all feel sad, shy, and scared, and I kind of needed a more 
empowering, fun, kind of loud and raucous uh, off-to-school story, and that became Sorry Grown-Ups. Um, and then Buddy's New Buddy is the latest book in the series. And interestingly, this is one of the stories that I did not write in that first batch um, of of manuscripts. I actually wrote this story in 2019 in the fall, just after Sorry Grown-Ups um, had, had been published, and I sort of decided to turn my attention to what was coming next. And ironically, I wrote this book in the fall of 2019, all about kind of overcoming these feelings of loneliness or kind of feeling unsettled in school when your best friend uh, moves away. And so the themes that are tackled in Buddy's New Buddy, I had no idea in the fall of 2019 how deeply we would need them now in the summer of 2022. So um it's it's been an interesting journey, but one that I feel was the right next step for my character. And now, um, you know, lo and behold, something that we're all struggling with from adults all the way down to um, to our kids. Yeah, I mean, the whole theme of connection and not being able to connect, uh, as you say, children and adults. I mean, just pre-COVID, twenty nineteen. Uh, you know, I mentioned in the beginning, ever, ever, evergreen social and emotional themes. So that's what we're talking about. Can you explain that to us more, what that means, evergreen social and emotional themes? Sure, I'm happy to. And I should preface that with saying that unlike unlike you and, and your other guests, I'm actually not an expert in the field of <laughs> Well, you are an expert. Well, first of all, you have two kids, two children. You're an expert. So, um, I'm, I, And yeah. of one, right? I am a mom. And, yep. um, and you, you know, I, yeah. I feel deeply like most of us do. I have, um, you know, I kind of have a, uh, my family sort of laughs at, uh, how quickly I cry and how emotional I am. I really do wear my emotions on my sleeve personally. But um, so really the stories and the themes that come forward in my books um, are, are things that I think we all experience as human beings moving around the world and trying to navigate relationships and trying to navigate family life um, on a day-to-day basis. And in Buddy's New Buddy, um, this is really the moment in time where you – have a routine. And for a lot of kids, routine is so important, right? I mean, for every kid, probably routine is really, really important. And we find Buddy on the first page of the book, looking out the window as his best buddy has moved all the way across town. And his best buddy um, lives right across the street. So he's watching the moving truck and all the way across town might as well be, you know, the other side of the world when you're a young kid. And, um, while his parents comfort him by saying, it's okay, he's only a car ride away, and you can have a play date anytime. Um, you know, he knows that they're right, and he knows that what they're saying is true, but he still is struggling with who will be his, um, his buddy at school, and they have all of these routines that they do together. They play the same game called Robo Chargers, but he's a big robot guy. Um, so in this story, um, I'm imagining that RoboChargers is sort of like a game of chess that you play with little robot figurines. It's, it's imaginary, but um, it's his favorite game, and he used to play that with his best buddy, and he would practice karate with him, and they would high-five at their cubbies every morning, and who will do these things with him now? And lo and behold, there's a field trip coming up to the Natural History Museum, and everyone will be riding the bus with a buddy, and Buddy doesn't have a buddy anymore. 
And, um, you know, that moment, whether you've moved or your friend has moved, or even as a child, you move to a new classroom or you move from school into summer camp, or you're just transitioning through the day, which I, it occurred to me recently, how often our kids are the new kid. Anytime they try a new class, anytime they even show up at the different playground or go visit family friends, or maybe even go to visit a cousin or grandparents, they're new all the time. And we're constantly kind of pushing our kids into these new environments. Yet as adults, we become more and more comfortable in our own routines over time, and we actually do this less ourselves. Um, so one thing I encourage the listeners to do is actually try it, try being new and see how that feels. And so for Buddy in this case, his buddy has moved away, so he's not new. He's going back to the same place he's always gone, but it might as well be, he might as well be the new kid. And he's kind of starting, starting out again, which I think, um, in terms of, of evergreen, I think we've all felt that way, um, at some, you know, or multiple moments in, in our lives. And I think another thing, which when I was reading the book, I thought, you know, his sister encouraging him to find a new friend where they had some common ground, where they there were there were area that we could that they could share that they would be able to share things, share interests. And, and I'm thinking translating that into adults today, even in a political sense, if we can find some common ground, all of us would be much better off. That you know, so I think that's a um, that's a really important theme. I guess I would call that an evergreen theme, um, something that we all need to do. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely. Gonna, uh, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think we all need that reminder, right? <laughs> Sometimes it How just does takes it fit? one gonna, thing You know, now that all this stuff has happened with, I mean, you know, the ongoing news and, and massacres in schools and all of these things that are happening, how do, I mean, and you have, how does this let's say, how do your series, your books, and the experience you have with your own children, how does that fit into the, the narrative in terms of how you talk to them and how you make these kinds of connections, given the, uh, the context that we're living in today, that children are living in today, which is very different than, say, you or I grew up with? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I was born in 1975, so my childhood was you know primarily in the 80s and early 90s before I went off to college in 1993. And the biggest kind of, uh, you know, there were sort of three sort of really pivotal um, events, I think, in our childhood. And one was the explosion of the Challenger shuttle and then the, um, you know, the, the beginning of the Gulf War and, of course, 9-11. And, you know, these, these big moments in history that you really can remember very clearly where you were and how you felt. And um, for our kids, that's, it's, it's inconceivable to me how much is happening in the world, you know, not necessarily to them, but around them. Um, and in some cases, yes, with COVID, it all happened to them, right? It happened to all of us. And then, um, you know, one tragedy after another, it's just, it's a lot for anyone to comprehend and to absorb on a daily basis. And my kids are older now. They're 15 and 13. They're headed into 10th and seventh grade. Um, the nice thing about writing picture books is my characters can stay young. Um, you know, even as my, as my kids are taller than me and I now have the smallest feet in my family. Um, but I, 
I'm definitely, you know, not an expert in this field, but one of the things that brings me comfort is that when I can just spend some time with some little people, crisscross applesauce on the rug and read a story and share a story and connect with them and be reminded how beautiful their minds are and how open their minds are and that really what they need in their lives are adults that they can count on and that they can feel safe with and who help to kind of feed and encourage and foster their imagination and their beautiful open minds when, you know, there's so much in the world that you want to protect them from at the same time. And I think that's the tension we all face as, as parents or just, um, you know, I can't even imagine what educators are going through at this moment in, in, in history. Um, but at the same time, every time I see young kids, whether I've been doing so many Zooms and I will hopefully get back to be in person with some of my readers this year and get to visit them. I've done a little bit of that over the last couple of years, but primarily it's been digital. And even when I'm on a screen and I'm with a classroom very, very far away, I can see them and I can experience this moment of just sharing something with them and something we have in common, which is we, we love a good story and we can look outside and look outside the window and find inspiration and find something that kind of sparks our creative thinking. And we can do that together. And that's therapeutic for me, to be honest. Um, so I see, I see being a writer as kind of a golden ticket for me to get to connect with kids in, in this very unique and special way. So share with us, your, with your own kids, and what did you say, middle school and high school, what's been their response? Because they've been on this journey with you They've from the beginning, and they've seen you, well, they've read your books. Um, did you do beta testing on them? I'm curious, but um, <laughs> what... What, um, you know, what kinds of response did they get and how did, in, in terms of, well, all three of these books in the series? Um, they're very proud. You know, they've, they've always seen Lady and Buddy as other uh, imaginary characters. They've never had the impression that they're them. Um, they do look like them. They do look like my kids, which it's funny. It wasn't my original intention when I was originally writing the manuscripts and then thinking about what they looked like. Um, I pictured them looking more like me. I have I have dark hair. I have dark eyes. My mother's Italian. My father also has very dark coloring. So I'm um, I come from a world of like brown haired brown eyed people. My kids both happen to be blonde. And when Tim Bowers, who is an amazing illustrator, who I've now partnered with, this is the third book we've worked on together. When Tim Googled me and Googled my family, he found a photo of my children on the internet and he sketched lady and buddy to resemble my own kids. Um, and of course, when I saw them, I said, Oh my gosh, they're perfect. <laughs> Even though, you know, my original intention was actually to not have them look like my kids because I wanted to keep them separated from the characters and I didn't want them to be weird for them and, to, you know, grow up and feel like these books are about them, which really they're not. Um, they're inspired by everybody we've ever known who's a young person. And um, so they've always felt that separation in a healthy way. Um, and it's fun because we have many, many young nieces and nephews in our family. Um, and with every new niece or nephew who kind of comes of age as a reader, 
we all get to share the books with them again. Um, so they, they enjoy it. And, um, you know, I think they're proud of it to see, um, an idea come to life and then to understand how the process works creatively and how much time and consideration that takes. Um, by the time a book comes out, it's for me, it's about every three years. So it sort of feels like the Olympics every three years (laughs) and we all get excited about it and we all kind of rally behind it and, and celebrate it together. So it's, it's been a great experience for them. Well, these, as you say, these are universal challenges of, you know, of all children, not just your own. But, okay, let's talk, we don't have that much time left. So I was curious about, um, uh, you are the founder and CEO of Boombox Gifts. Tell us about that. Yes. So I sort of have a few different um, jobs (laughs) at the same time. And I try to think of it like pots on the stove. Um, and Boombox is really my day job and my day-to-day um, business that I run that was inspired when my friends were turning 40 and my father was turning 70 and we were making memory boxes. Um, among my college girlfriends, we started this process of making each other a memory box when each of us turned 40. And the goal was to collect as many messages and photos as we could from the people that were most important to them in life and design those onto cards and, and present it inside a really beautiful keepsake box. And I was making these on my own as the kind of creative one among my group of friends. I raised my hand and took the project on. So I was leading these for everyone in my life and found the emotional impact of holding their life story in my hands or running their life story through my little printer and buying cards at the card shop and designing messages and photos onto cards and, and, doing that process was so emotionally powerful. That's the boom is deeply emotional impact as a gift giver, not even as the recipient, but um, you know, I think of it like that TV show, this is your life, but it's actually, this is, this is your boom box. So you feel um, your life story told back to you by the people that matter most to you that you've had an impact on along the way. And um, there wasn't any service out there to help me do that. It was a very, big DIY project that not everybody is up for. And I wanted to figure out a way to use really simple technology and find really beautiful boxes and figure out the production process for the cards and figure out the tech that would be needed to sort of digitize the collection. So you can invite friends and family or coworkers or wedding guests um, to participate in a boombox all online And then all of the production and the design is managed behind the scenes by my team. And the business is about to turn seven in September. And we went from one box for my best friend for her 40th birthday or my dad a month later for his 70th birthday to now close to 10,000 boxes that we've delivered um, all over uh, the country and have included, you know, well over half a million people around the world in, um, in collaborating to create those. So, um, I do write books, and to me, that's a form of storytelling, and then Boombox is just a very different form of storytelling. But at the end of the day, I believe that your life is measured in your relationships, not so much your accomplishments, and that um, a Boombox helps you feel the weight of your relationships in your hands, and a storybook helps you build a relationship um, with someone out there in the world. So to me, they're kind of all connected together. Um, though day to day, I, I am sort of shifting which hat I'm wearing, depending on, uh, you know, what meeting I'm heading into. <laughs> but the overall theme seems to be 
connections, you know, whether you're writing a story or a, a children's story or boombox gifts. So if we went to boomboxgifts.com, that's how we can make the connection. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You can visit boomboxgifts.com. You can also just Google Christina Geist books or Christina Geist boxes and you'll find them there. Yes. Um, but the brand name is Boombox Gifts. And uh, just to add another, uh, I guess, uh, another, I don't want to say activity, something else that you're doing that's um, co-founder of True Geist. So what is True Geist? Tell us about that. Yes. Yes. So True Geist is really the day job that makes these other things possible. Um, It's a branding firm. As I mentioned, my background is in marketing and public relations and writing and strategy and branding for all different kinds of clients and consumer products over the years. And most recently in my career, when my kids were born, I worked at Johnson and Johnson in-house in the global design office there. Um, And right around my 40th birthday, my former creative director at J&J named Todd True, um, he and I went into business together as True Geist and opened up our own consulting firm where he's a designer, so he thinks in pictures, and I'm obviously a writer, and I think in words, and together we create brands. So we will help a company name itself, name its product, design its logo, establish its core messaging, tagline, positioning, design websites, design packaging, you know, any kind of um, identity that you see out in the world for a product or a service or a company. Um, That's the kind of work that we do. Um, And so I, for many years, took all of my income from True Geist and wrote checks to Boombox and self-funded Boombox to get that business up and running and off the ground. Um, And so those two businesses exist or coexist um, in my life. And again, depending on what hat I'm wearing for one hour of the day, um, you know, I'm sort of in, in one business or the other. And then about a year ago, um, we, uh, Boombox became, uh, part of a larger, um, technology company. So we sort of accepted outside investment in Boombox for the first time about 12 months ago. So I'm no longer writing checks to myself. Um, but I am still uh, oftentimes wearing wearing either one of these three hats on it on a daily basis. You're not native and energetic. As I'm listening to, you, I'm thinking, well, how do you do all of this in one, you know, in 24 hours in a day, uh, plus all the other stuff I'm sure that you do. Uh, but okay, a couple minutes left. That's all we have. So you've given us one website to give us any other websites that we can go to for more information about just all of these things that you're doing and, uh, and the book buddy's new buddy. Sure. Absolutely. So Christina Geist.com is just my name, my website where you can link through to anything that I do, whether it's true Geist, boombox or my books. You can also just find the books on Amazon and search Christina Geist there, and you'll find all three titles, And which is nice. Um, Buddy's Bedtime Battery and Sorry, Grown-Ups, You Can't Go to School are re-released right now in paperback to complement the Buddy's New Buddy release so that you can actually get a hold of all three um, books in the series together, which is nice because they sort of hit these different developmental milestones for parents. So they are often asking, how can I find the other two? Um, so those are all available on Amazon or or at your favorite local independent bookseller as well. Um, And Boombox Gifts, as I mentioned, is boomboxgifts.com. 
And TrueGeist is TrueGeist.com, plain and simple. But really, everything lives uh, very, very neatly under the ChristinaGeist.com umbrella. Right. Christina, thanks so much for being on the show today. It was great talking to you. Uh, Christina Geist, and her her new book is Buddy's New Buddy. Thank you, Catherine. Thanks. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. (laughs) 